Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 Podcast. Memphis, 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 and I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I prove people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and our show, as always, is presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm where they treat you like family. Nathan is here with us today again. We are midweek, our live stream. If you're here joining us, thank you so much. If you're here checking out the podcast, uh, thank you as well on Apple, Spotify, wherever you can hear uh, the podcast. We are definitely there. But today we have a fun one. We have a game that we just came off of. And so, Nathan, I'm going to throw it right to you right away. The Grizzlies win 109-97. to 97. So I want to ask you just a simple question. Are you ready for Grizzlies basketball yet? They're going to win the chip. They're winning the chip, baby. 2-0 to start the preseason. And it's gotten to the point, I saw someone tweet this earlier, but having two days off after having a whole offseason, it feels like longer than the whole offseason once you got a little taste of basketball. I'm back to that point where I'm like, two days in between games. How am I supposed to make it that long before basketball plays again? So, yes, the answer is yes. I'm very ready for Grizzlies basketball. Yeah, it's um, it was my first chance. I didn't see the game live. Um, I saw the fourth quarter live. I watched the fourth quarter. And so I missed pretty much everything good, right? Well, I went back and, and, and watched it. And then this morning, for whatever reason, I was up at five. Um, and so I was just setting up and I decided, you know what? I'm going to watch the rest of the game just in full detail again. Um, and so I watched it and actually took real notes, uh, had some good information and a lot of things that I think people will enjoy for the simple fact that what are like, what are you looking for? Like when you're watching the game, like what exactly is it? Um, and so instead of watching preseason basketball, and I think Ryan alluded to this, um, I think it's the last episode. Yeah. We talked about it. Um, exactly. What, what are you looking for when you're watching preseason basketball? Uh, besides my dog whining in the back that I'll have to eventually let out. Um, but <laughs> I, I want to break down some, some things to look for. Okay. Some nuggets, some Nate's neat nuggets. Uh, none of those today, probably. Uh, but I have, um, I have a lot of stuff I want to get into. And I want to ask your opinion about. And so without further ado, do you think number one question, do you think, that the four position without Jaron is completely locked up with Santiago Dama. No, no, <laughs> no. Now I will say I do think Santi. He's ready. He's ready for something. I don't know if it's a starting four. Um, I know we talked probably last week. We brought this up, but I was talking about how I think he's going to be the backup five, right? Uh, not the starting four. But the one thing that I am getting 
much more confident to the point where I actually am close to saying he has it locked up as a role on this team. He looks ready okay. to play, um, which we we both need to be deciding how we like our crow cooked because I'm definitely about <laughs> to be eating some. After in summer league, I said he didn't look – nothing about him, I think verbatim, the quote was, nothing about him looks like an NBA player. <laughs> yeah, that's not holding up so well two months later. Um, as far as the actual four spot – I don't know. It's because I still I, I like the switchability of Zaire and DB, but after that one game, because what you're talking about, what do you look for in the preseason? I look for you know stats. Sometimes you translate if a guy's shots really improved, that can translate. But you know DB, uh, not DB, Dylan Brooks, uh, Desmond Bain went over five from three. You know that's not gonna. That's obviously not him. So you gotta sort of take those with a grain of salt. But Santi looks like he fits. He looks yeah. like he is flowing within the team. He's rotating. He's sliding over. A lot of those times he caught those passes in the corner or on the wing. He was sliding over to the open spot looking for that pass. And the biggest thing, though, after the first preseason game, I was like, okay, he played really well. They're talking about him at the four. But can he really switch the way they want to switch, right? Because outside of – Ja and Stevo, it's really positionless basketball, two, three, four, right? right? And I was like, I don't know if he can keep up with those guards, but he was holding his own. He was rotating really well. He was doing really good, playing some help defense. You know, there was one where uh, Wagner shot right over him and nailed a three, and I was like, wow, he's, he can't leave him with that much room. But I went back and watched it again. He was actually sliding over to help on a guy cutting, came back and had pretty good contest on that, right? And so – I could see it locked up. No, I would not say it's locked up, but I could definitely see it. Um, you know what? I'm going to stand on that hill. I think the uh, the four position. I think it's locked up for starting, and I thought it was going to be Zaire. I really did. And this might be an overreaction, uh, but what I saw out of uh, Santi is is simply that he can knock down some shots if needed. Okay. He do, it, this doesn't mean that he's running with the, the starters the entire game. You figure out how is he playing? How is Zaire playing? Do you have someone else that stepped up? Did David Roddy play five minutes and show you that I can play down the stretch of the game and actually fill in that role? You never know, right? I know. Listen, I'm not going to let you talk about David Roddy because he didn't play much. So <laughs> we're not going to talk about him yet. But that could happen. That literally could happen for the simple fact that somebody could get hot and, and just be inserted into the closing lineup. Okay. So let's talk yep. about the very beginning starters. I think that Santi is the guy. He gives you spacing. He gives you size. He gives you height. He gives you rim blocking. I, I, I think that you can easily, I think you can easily have Santi there because what happens then Whenever Jaron comes back, it's the same type of lineup. You already have your set where you're you're switching and, and the type of defense you're playing because he's playing the same role as Jaron, right? He's the rim defender. And so I think that that position, I think it's going to be locked up by Santi, and I never would have thought I would have ever have said that. If you're asking me if I'm leaning towards it, yeah, I actually am after that second game. I but do I think it's – I'm not on a hill. hill. no. There's one thing that I do agree with Ryan on, which is not much when he starts getting on those tangents, <laughs> is you can't take that much from preseason this early. 
I was going to get on here. I was kind of like, I'm kind of sad we weren't able to get on here before because when he was saying Ja would play like a quarter, I'm like, dude, Ja's going to play a lot more than a quarter of preseason right. basketball. Um, and I do think there are things you can take from preseason. But it's the first crack at it. If he can, if he does it again, then yeah, I'd say he has it locked up because it's what they want to do, right? That's our, when they say that's their first crack at the starting rotation, that means this is what we want to do with our lineup. And right. so I think it says a lot. And so do I think it's his to lose? Yes. Do right. I think it's completely locked up? No, I, I think they're still, they're going to toy with some other lineups and if something really pops to them, they'll roll with whatever's best. But if nothing really stands out, they're going to roll with that starting lineup. So yeah. um, that's not, that's not a hill, but I'm not ready to get on a hill. We're in the second game of preseason. And to be honest, we talked about before I have an affliction. I was not as locked into that game as I will be uh, probably for the next few going on. I'm uh, I'm on the hill. I'm putting my flag in it. Um, all right. So I'm excited about Santi. I think he does so many good things for the simple fact that he's, it looks like he's slowing down a little bit. I think he's finally like seeing himself kind of in the role uh, confidence. And let's get into the first quote. Uh, that I actually have for this. And this was after the game. Um, and it was uh, Taylor Taylor on Santi. And he said, he's shooting with confidence. That's the word we've been talking a lot about with him. And that's simply that. And that's what you heard Brevin talk about was confidence. It's all about confidence with a young player. If you can figure out how to find your role and be the best at that role, no matter what role it is, that's really the best version that you can be for that team. And if the role changes throughout their year because you do better, then so be it. But at that point, if you're asked to play a certain position, do certain certain things, then that that's the perfect thing. Dude, I'm amped about him. Like don't like that's a hill I'm, I'll stand on is I'm amped about Santi. I was I could not have been more wrong in summer league and I'm super happy about it cuz he well, he looks awesome. He's not that player, though. Like, in the Summer League, they had him as a go-to player. He's not a go-to player. He's a kick it out, bury a three, maybe get some rebounds, maybe adjust some shots, like do the little things, but doesn't have a big role. He's going to shoot four or five times a game. If he goes three or five, two of those being a three, one of those being, a you know, in the in the lane, great. Like, that's really what you have to have from him. So uh, let's move on to the next few things. Mm -hmm. And uh, Black Lives Matter also put this in the chat. uh, That he was talking about how uh, Taylor Jenkins, he subbed out um, Desmond Bain first. Okay, so which actually maneuvered him to be coming out with the second unit in the second quarter and vice versa throughout the game. Uh, If this was a full game, it might have kept going that way. But he also was subbing out with six minutes to go in the second quarter which I don't love because then you're not able to close with Dez as much. So I think what you're going to have is during the regular season, you're going to see him sub out first, and then he's going to come back in, play spot minutes in the middle, just like the, um, I think it was Jaron. Yeah, Jaron had this role last year where you were playing twice in a quarter. You're quicker rest, you're out eight minutes or so, you're back in to finish the quarter, you start the next quarter, you're out, you're back in. So pretty much you're playing almost every single quarter. Uh, except for like a big blowout or something. So I think that is important because uh, that actually lets Desmond ride with with somebody like Tyus, who's going to get him the ball and get him open shots. I would have thought I would have put Dylan Brooks there to better suit him and his game. Do you think that if you were the, the coach, what would you be deciding? Would you say it's better position for Desmond or a better position for 
Dylan to play more of the second unit to get up more shots. <laughs> Better position for the player or for the team? <laughs> for the team. Um, I For the team? I mean, it's, it, it's a bit of a catch-22 because exactly what you're saying, you want Ja and Dez on the floor together, but D- Dylan Brooks getting up a ton of shots is not what's best for this team. Even with the second unit now, I would say probably better for the team to have Dylan on the second unit more because you still have guys like Tyus and Zaire that can shoot, but they're not going to be hunting that shot as much, right? It's going to be created for them, you know? Um, And I agree with Black Lives Matter in the chat. We want Dez to be the one shooting more, but I think Dez, they'll manufacture shots for him. He'll get him, even if he is in that starting lineup with Ja. I'm not as worried about that. I am more worried about Dylan taking those shots from Ja when he's on the floor, right, and stopping the ball. So the answer is, I hate this, but Dylan Brooks just doesn't need to be taking shots. I'm 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 worried about Dylan heading into the season after some of the media day quotes and how he looked last night. It didn't look like much has changed. And we got a lot of other guys who need to be taking that shot more. So um, I, I don't like either, <laughs> to be honest. I want Zaire and Conchar and Tyus moving the ball in that second unit and then having BC. I think that second unit, no one needs to be chucking shots, right? It's just let the offense work. So you're muted. Sorry. Uh, rookie mistake. Uh, no, I have a lot of questions about the second unit as well. Um but before we get into the second unit, I want to stay with the starters. Um, he, Dylan did take seven shots, which was good. He wasn't chunking. He wasn't doing anything. Let's just let's just be honest. He was fouling. He was trying to he was trying to see if he can get more fouls than shots, which is you know probably um, would actually be in the favor of the Grizzlies. Uh, but um, I think <laughs> I think that um, I, I think that you're going to see. Desmond in that role, um, I would imagine. And I think that if you want somebody forcing, I think Desmond would be a better guy who, you know, would force the shot uh, than Dylan. But what that does is that gives them a go-to guy that they can look for. And so um, I, I, I'm looking at, we always ha- need to have some main score on the floor. And if Jaw's going to be that guy, great. But if he's not on the court, who's on the court? And I think you answer the question with Desmond Bain because Dylan Brooks, I, I don't know if you can trust him. I think that's why the, the offense went to a lull last year uh, in that position. So um, let's get into the second unit real quick because I do have questions on that. And my first question is what type of offense are they going to have? I, I know that Tyus missed a lot of floaters, uh, but you have – Tyus, Brandon Clark, and Zaire. Okay. Zaire is not a shot creator. He just he just isn't. Let's just be honest with that. He's the guy who needs the offense to kind of flow through someone else and him be the kickout guy and also be the guy who can catch lobs. He can get that mid mid-range game. Okay. And you saw him last night. He played better when he was playing with Ja. And if you watched last year, his best times that he played was when he was actually on the floor with Ja, because who isn't? But when, yeah. he was a, when he was a starter, he played great. When he was on the, the second unit, 
he didn't play as well. So what do you do with him? Is is that a step back for him, hoping that he can have a resurgence, redevelop his game a little bit, try to be that second scorer outside of you know Desmond Bain when he's on the court in that second unit with him? That has to be the answer, right? Well, yeah. I mean, first off, I'm glad you hit that little asterisk there because who isn't better when they're on the floor with John Morant than right. anyone else, right? So for sure, but I think – what we saw in summer league from Zaire can translate really well to that second unit. Just like you're saying, he can be that second scorer. But even with that, he's probably not quite there yet. But I think he can sort of grow into that go-to guy for the second unit, being able to create that shot. We already have seen flashes of it, one, in summer league. But two, we saw it a little bit last year, shot clock dying down towards the end of the year. I always go back to him hitting that mid-range shot over Jared Allen. That is kind of peak what he can bring to this team, but I don't think it's out of the out of the realm of possibilities. He can grow into that as soon as this year, being able to do that. Because we talked about it, you know, Des, he obviously has a he can grow a lot more. He's got another leap in him. He looked quicker in that game yesterday. Uh yesterday, two days ago, sorry. But um He's not necessarily like the guy who just takes a guy off the dribble and puts up a shot and creates a shot, right? Zaire has that length to really do that, and we've seen him have way better vision than last year. He hit Santi with a low-look low pass in that game on Monday, and that's stuff that he's doing a lot more consistently, right? So I don't hate the idea of Zaire being the go-to guy on the second unit. Now, I think he's there yet, probably not, but is he by year going to get there? I could see it. 100% I could see that. Zaire's not ever going to be the main scorer on the second unit. Never. Why? Ever. Why? Why not? Why he's, could he not be the go-to scorer? He's not a go-to player. He's not a creator like that. He doesn't have that in his bag. His bag is making open, good shots. And then, yes, he can get into the he can get into the mid-range and do the post-ups like that he's not a creator that's just not his game that doesn't mean that he can't lead the unit second unit and like points yes at times but on a normal basis he will not be the go-to guy you're saying never zaire will never be able to be the go-to guy he's not a go-to scorer he's not i'm i'm, I'm just gonna be honest that's absurd that's absurd to me. Listen, call it. We've, already, we've already seen him be able to create Daniel. Where? What is he doing to create? We, we already saw it in Summer League. He used his size to create shots over defenders. Those dudes aren't even in the league right now. Those guys who were playing against, they're not Daniel, even in the league. We're saying, can he possibly do it? Can he have the ability to do it? The answer is yes, because we've seen it. We that have is- seen it. And it absolutely could happen. Santi was the leading scorer. No, no, no. If we're talking about, if we're talking about, is he ready to do it right now? I just said I don't think he's ready to do it right now. I never said you said that. I'm saying I don't think he's that type of. And if you're saying never, I think that's absurd. If he develops, by all means, but he will. Like I don't think he is a shot creator. That is, I, I think you're wrong. That's off the dribble. Well, no, I don't think he is a shot creator. I think he could be that shot creator. Absolutely. 
Do I think he is right now? No. I don't, like I said, I don't think he can start out as the go-to guy. But if you're right. saying never, I think that is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't – obviously, never's forever. Like, never is like, what, a 15-year career? Maybe well, I'm saying I don't think it's unlikely. 10 years. I don't think it's likely at all. If we want to stand on those sides where maybe it happens, right, maybe it doesn't happen, those are fine. I'm saying not likely and you saying likely, okay? And that's fine. We'll, we'll yep. stay out of the, the two extremes and go to the middle because, obviously, I love Z. He's, he's great, especially for this team. He's a guy who literally does a lot of things that doesn't show up um, on paper, and that's great. Um, but I just don't think he is the shot creator. And a lot of times he gets his points off of lobs, kickouts, and then open threes. That's it. Well, and I'll say one thing too, and that is that the way that this team functions, especially in the second unit, to sort of come to your defense a little bit in that, it's not built to have a shot creator, right? Yeah. It's it's built to move the ball around. So I think it would be hard for someone to stand out as a shot creator unless it was a bad thing a la Dylan Brooks yeah. being in that second unit. Um that being said, when I, so when I say shot creator and go-to score, what I'm thinking in my mind is the guy who you're getting down into the clock and you just need someone to go and get a bucket. I think that's Zaire for the second unit. And I think that could be Zaire for the second unit this year sooner than later because who else are you going to give it to? I mean, you got Tyus to sort of – but it's the same thing. That's Tyus working within the flow of the offense when he creates a shot, you know, quote-unquote creates. Somebody who just gets the ball and makes it happen. I think that's Zaire for that second unit. So want to make sure we're on the same page as far as I don't think either one of us thinks we want Zaire going ISO in that second unit, right? No. We're not looking for a Jordan Clarkson type player regardless. But into the shot clock, you have Zaire to go get in his bag a little bit, just get a little separation and shoot it over a defender and make it, which he's shown he can do. I think when it comes down to it, second unit guy, I, I, I think if there's no Desmond Bain on the court, um, I think that's Tyus. I think Tyus is the creator. And that means he's taking somebody off the dribble. He's getting to his shot and he's going to hit that floater or he's going to get to his spot. Defense collapses. He's kicking out to somebody. That's what I call the go-to guy where he is making it happen. He's breaking down the defense, kicking out to the right spot or going up to his strength, which is his shot, whatever that is. If that's Zaire, I don't know what that spot is. That has to be the back down over the defender like he was doing um, in summer league. I don't know. I just don't see it. But anyway, whatever. I, we love Zaire. I'm just – I think you have to look at this different different ways. And no, this is not being negative. I think I'm just, <laughs> just trying You're to so figure out. so negative. What, <laughs> 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 no, listen, uh, I am with you as far as Tyus is like the leader in the second unit. You want the ball in his hands. Um and if you're going with that, I'll talk more about creating shots, but I'm, I'm laughing at Black Lives Matter comments saying Melton can do it. it. Z for sure can. <laughs> I love it. But um, Melton wasn't a creator I, either. Last thing, and I think we need to move on because yes, we're, we're on the same page largely what we think this team needs to look like in the second unit. I do think Zaire has the potential to have the ball in his hands and create for his teammates. And yeah. I don't think that's what you want him doing this year. I do think that's 100% something he's working towards and will reach. Um, so, yeah, I, we're all on the same page. So they yep. need to just pop the ball around. 
that's so that's what it has to be pretty much in the second unit um, is and you're going to see more of the uh, the free flow of the offense with second unit. That's what Tyus runs um, with them trying to interchange right now. It's it, it's it's going to be a slow process. You're talking about and, and we'll discuss this in a second. But but who exactly is going to play on that second unit? I think that's going to be very, very interesting to see because John Conchar is definitely on that second unit. So is Brandon Clark, and so is Zaire, and so is Tyus. Who is that last guy? Like, that's four people that I know that are going to play. And let's say we want to put that one spot is either Zaire or Santi. I think both of them have, like, solidified their position on this team. One's going to start. One's going to be on the second unit, okay? Yeah. That's nine. Nine. Who is that other guy? It's not junior, so let's get that out of the way. I love Chris. I know he wants it to be junior. I love junior, and but it's just not going to be the case. Also, I just I just noticed you can see my honey bunches of oats and paper towels in the background, <laughs> so it's a lovely scenery. Um, it's going to be Laravia. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with it, but it's going to be wow. Laravia. Um, I was I was looking at it. Here's the thing. You always talk about seeing it, yeah. see it with Roddy. I do want to ask you what exactly it is with regards to that role because I am a little cloudy on it. But before we do that, with the Ravy, I understand that the it is him having a really smooth shot, right? And he's picked up a lot on defense in the couple of months in summer league. I've noticed that he is moving a lot better defensively, um, which was my biggest knock on him after something yeah. like the shot will come around, a lot of it will come around defensively can he get that extra step and it looks like he has that being said you look at their stats i went and pulled it up because when they played when they both played significant minutes and i think you'll see roddy play some more minutes in this next game to sort of test it out with him as well roddy looked better he looked like he was able to flow with the team better he's more athletic he's able to move a little bit better which is funny because nickname's big body right right I just think he looks better. And you look at their stats, they're both six for 15 from the floor, right? And they're both, and then they've both made two threes. Roddy's made it on four less shots. So, and the only reason I point out the stats again, Desmond Bain's over five from three. I don't think that necessarily translates crazy well. What do you do or as far as the stats go and all of that? But just because Laravia's shot looks better doesn't mean it's always going to be going in. It looks super smooth. But is he going to actually hit it? Because if not, I think Roddy does everything else better. I think he rebounds better. I think he defends better. I think he's more athletic. So, I, but it does say a lot that they put Laravia in in that first crack. Same things it says a lot they put Aldama in at that first crack. But I mean, honest, I just think Roddy looks better. And when we talk about it, I think he just has that bulldog in him, dude. That is the it for me. He has that bulldog in him. I, that freaking. He went under and up with the hammer on that dunk in that last game. I was like, dude, you already had Conchar hitting the like right. catch and shoot Kobe shot. And then you get Roddy hitting in the Kobe under the basket dunk. I love yeah. Roddy, man. I do. I know I'm biased. Yes, you but are. I, but I do think he looks better. I think he looks like he fits better when they both played. So, But I, if I had to guess, it's Laravia. They're going to go with Laravia. Well, when Jaron gets back, I think that's Santi's position, personally. 
I think that, I think it's gonna Same. be tough for for both Jake and Roddy to really find time. Um, I think you will see a lot of mixing and mingling um, in the very beginning while Jaron's out. I think you're gonna see them go with the different matchup because if you go, let's say you do go Jake, you are so small and it, not by height. I'm talking about just big burly guy. You have you have nobody in the middle. You have Brandon Clark who is not the biggest you know defender, right? Um, and so I, I do think that it could use some beef to it. Um, and I think that would be a Roddy, uh, Jake, I think could run sometime. I think he needs what Zaire had last year. I think he needs Ja Morant because what that does is it allows him to do less. When you have Ja, you don't do as much. You go to your spot and you're there because he will kick out to you. And then if you need to create a tiny bit, you can, you don't really have to do much. You're mainly playing defense and you're hitting the open shots on the second unit. You're asked to do a little bit more because it's more free flow. Right. And you can be a little bit more creative. Uh, and so I'm curious how that goes. But I do think it's going to be a mix and mingle. I think you're going to see um, somebody like, you know, Roddy get more time uh, for sure. Uh, but just kind of looking at the rest of the bench, Xavier Tillman. I don't know if there's a spot for this for on for this team going forward. I think that you're getting more out of Roddy than you will Xavier Tillman. Yep, I think Tillman is going to be sort of the same thing he was last year. Spot minutes, emergency guy, great team guy. We we love Tillman, right? We yep. love X. It's just one of those things where everybody else fits this team better than he does right now. So I'm with you on that. Yep. Um, and so I, I, I wouldn't doubt if like a guy like Killing Tilly, I think he's great. He's just been too injured. He might be released. Who knows? There, there's a lot that could happen, right? Uh, so let's get off the end of the bench and let's go to uh, defensive side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some important things uh, that I want to that I want to kind of point to. And then I want to get uh, to all the stuff to kind of look for. And this is a lot of this. This is what we're looking for as well. Like you're looking for, you know, who's playing and who's not. What, who, you know, what lineups is he throwing out? Uh, but I think it's, uh, yes, two quotes about defense first. All right, so these are Taylor Jenkins. Um, We switched a lot tonight, challenging our bigs to be in one-on-one situations. So what to look for, one, they're not playing like they normally probably would, right? They're probably making sure that, hey, don't help as much on some of the things. We want to see our bigs actually go one-on-one and see how that is. Does that help us on defense? Does that hurt us? So that's something to look for as well. They're they're trying out things, uh, but if it's Stephen Adams on somebody else, don't help. Let him go one on one, and let's see what happens. That might be a way that they actually go through it. Because honestly, sometimes when you get to running around, you get a little crazy, and then you lose your man, and that happened so much last year, and that didn't happen as much uh, Monday night. So I think that's something important. Um, and another thing real quick on um, – he's talking about defense again is we're charting how many times we just get blown by. It's a big focal point of ours, so we're not put in rotations constantly. Same concept. They're trying out things, right, letting the bigs go one-on-one. Well, this time they're saying stay on your defender and don't get blown by. And that way we're not having to rush, find somebody. They, they did three or four passes – and we've lost a guy because we're switching so much. So uh, anything you saw with the the defense last night or Monday night? 
Well, one thing I think to remember is that you know T. Jenks is a big Budenholzer guy, and they switch one through five over there, and he's that's you know, their big philosophy in Milwaukee. So it's not surprising they want to do that. Um, <laughs> I will say it's the defense did look good. I thought it looked good against the Magic. It's also against the Magic, who are a dumpster fire of a team. I mean, it's a bunch of super talented uh, guys, super uh, talented guys playing pickup uh, basketball. Let me give them a little bit of uh, love, real quick. One. Uh, they had okay. they, they haven't had as much uh, uh, practice as others. Okay, they had to evacuate due to the hurricane. Okay, this is their first game. Okay, this is our second. I'm not saying that they're good. I want to make sure we take a step back and say, hey, okay, they they aren't great, but this was pretty much like I, I think their fourth practice at four practices, and this is their first game. So who knows? But yes, continue on. I just want to make sure I get a caveat because they they do need some love in that area. Yeah, for sure. well, the people of Orlando do. I don't. I'm not so sure about the Magic. We'll see. There's nowhere to go but up from them. I'll give you that. Um, but the same concept applies as far as related to the Grizzlies. Obviously, I do. My boss actually lives in Orlando, so we genuinely do uh, want to send our thoughts and prayers to the people in Orlando. I just don't necessarily know that it's going to make the magic any better that they would have had a few more days of practice. So the same concept applies though for Memphis. It was not like they were going up against some well-oiled machine like the golden state warriors. Right. So it's too hard to take anything out of it. I do think that the bigs held their own, which I think is important to point out. Um, I don't think the magic knew how to, try and push that advantage when those switches were happening. But I thought that when guards were taken on bigs, they did a pretty good job of staying with them, staying connected. And knowing the biggest part that I thought does translate, knowing where the rest of the guys were on the floor, knowing where their help was going to be, knowing where they could push guys, where they should step out, where they should give a little bit of space. So I, I do think that will translate really well. Um, John Morant locking in on the defensive ends, you know, at, Night in, night out. Don't know if you're going to expect that, but I think that's going to be important. I think it's something he is really going to make a point of emphasis for himself this season. You know, he's a big chip on his shoulder guy, and one of the biggest knocks on him is he can't defend. Job looking for a reason, right? Yeah. And I think that's going to be one of his reasons this year. And I think that's going to be real. So definitely a couple of things that were real. I, I do want to say – I do want to see them do it against a little bit better competition to be tested a little bit more to see how just how well they're able to connect on the, the defensive end doing all that. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get off uh, the uh, the team that does play bowl bowl uh, and let's get on to the uh, the team that has John ja Morant uh, and Taylor Jenkins on jaw and his defenses. Um, him becoming the best two way player he can be is only going to help the Grizzlies become the best version of ourselves. I love that he is attacking that side of the floor. Now the challenge is to do it every single night on and off the ball. So obviously Taylor Jenkins is talking about it and, and his post-game presser uh, about John Moran's defense. John ja looked locked in um, and a lot of a lot of defense, a lot of gameplay is all about Ja and how much that he wants to give effort and be the person who – makes things go. I, I think it's very important uh, for Ja to give a little bit of help. Um, if you watch the Lakers game the other night, that was the uh, most lackadaisical defense I've ever seen in my life. Like 
the, I know the exact play in your head right now. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, yes. Um, I just don't get it. Not going to get off on soapbox. I just don't get it. Uh, people that don't try don't care. Uh, but Ja looks like he cares. Looks like he's trying on that end. And if he is going to put in the effort, you know everybody else is too. Like that's a that's a give that's a gimme. Um, but anything else on the game that um, that you want to I guess hit on real quick before we kind of hit on stuff that that key items and whatever you want to look for throughout the rest of the preseason. I after just two preseason games, and again, this is not taken into stats what they've actually hit or not hit more so just the eye test they do not look like a team that's going to take a step back this year Mm. there might be other teams that are going to take a step forward but i know there was some concern about them falling down to like six seed borderline play in i think four seed five seed at the worst everybody can shoot dude yeah everybody can shoot steve nan's going to hit a three this year we're going to be like uh, across the board (laughs) everybody can shoot I mean, that was the thing that stood out because, and this is the last thing that I kind of want to hit on from that game specifically, what I took from it. But it reminded me of when we were playing at the Warriors or playing against the Warriors, not we, the team. Bad Nate. When the team was playing against the Warriors in the playoffs, what really killed us outside of rebounding, we know that. What really killed the team was that the Warriors just had another guy ready all the time. It was Otto Porter Jr. was knocked down a shot. It was Kevon Looney was doing something. The Grizzlies just have guys, one through ten, that can step up when they're trying to take Jaron away. They can step up when they're taking Ja, Dez, Zaire, Tyus. There's going to be another guy on the floor that can step up. That's going to be huge for them. It's huge for them in the playoffs. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, I I think it's going to be big, man. I think this team is – dude, I – I, I want to make, I guess, the comment on, um, you know, the, the team in general uh, before we hit on our preseason stuff. And I was going to, I meant to talk about this earlier, but um, when I look at teams and we go through this on, um, you know, the Leeds Podcast Network, uh, we have our podcast, Free Basketball, that we do. That is a uh, all NBA show. Uh, we just did our rankings uh, 30 to 14 or 15. I think we did 30. I don't know. Whatever. We went all the way close to 15, halfway through, whatever. I don't know if we included 15 or not. Um, But I was kind of just sitting there thinking after we got the podcast, and there's a lot of teams that look good on paper. And there's a lot of teams that you give credit where credit is due because they've done it before and they're a good team. But obviously, like, after seeing – like, and I I was down on the Grizzlies for the fact that I don't think we took a step to really make us a true championship contender because we didn't do anything in the offseason. We actually we got four rookies, five rookies, and we always and we didn't do anything else. And we lost two of our guys that were rotational guys. And so I'm I was down. Um, and I know this is preseason and I know it's all about overreactions. Um I think that this team is built on chemistry. And I compare this to uh, the Atlanta Braves. And if you're a baseball guy, and if you hate the Braves, that's fine. I'm a, I'm a Braves fan. Um, and they won the World Series last year. And it, a lot of it was due to team chemistry. It wasn't because they had the best players. It was due to team chemistry that made them all rise to a different level because they liked each other. They played well with each other. Um, and they're kind of doing the same thing again this year, which is weird. Um, it's been a lot of fun for me. 
Uh, but I, I compare that to the Grizzlies as well. I think that they love and enjoy each other so much that they are willing to do whatever it takes to win. And I think that can never be overlooked. And this team, on paper, they're okay. On paper, I would say this is probably a ten, a top 10 team, maybe. More than likely, I would probably say 11 to 15 if I had to say on paper. But we, because we know John Moran is getting better and because we know this team is young, I think it goes to say that what Kleiman is doing, what Taylor's doing, I think it goes to, to say that this team is built on chemistry. Like, they have guys. They're, the reason we're going to be so good in preseason is because our 11 to 15 can kick other dudes' butts when they're in the game. There's nobody that compares to us 11 through 15 as we are. This team is so deep, and it makes everybody else better because if you are not good, you're going to fall to the 12th to the 13th spot. Then you're not playing, and that guy who was 15th is now the 10th guy. I think that's the biggest thing about this team. All right, let's get into our preseason things and what to look for. Um, oh, before I do, I want to ask you a trivia question. Are you ready? Sure. The Grizzlies played the Orlando Magic Monday. Okay, <laughs> Trebek. <laughs> who was the leading rebounder for the game? Who was the leading rebounder for the game? I'm not looking it up. For the Grizzlies. For the Grizzlies? Wish you had Jeopardy music. Who was the leading rebounder for the game? Who is John Conchar? You are correct. Let's Look go. I actually did not know that. I just sort of <laughs> based off of my knowledge of Grizzlies personas and their game. So let's go. Yep. The magic conch. Yeah, the magic conch. He had nine. Uh, so, uh, and the reason I bring that up is because uh, this is something that I kind of want to watch. This is something going forward is there's, there's players that I want to watch, right? And there's, there's situations and things that are happening that I want to watch. My first player that I want to watch is John Conchar. If you see him in the game, he did a lot. If you're watching the game and you see it, he's somehow everywhere. He's always doing something. If you look on paper, it's not really going to jump out to you. But he did have nine rebounds. He had, a you know, what, five points, I believe. I'm not looking at the moment. But um, a, a couple assists. Let's, let's read it off. Why not? Uh, four assists, right? So he had the second amount of assists on the in the in the team. Like that's that's really what it what I'm looking for is who's going to take over the the DeAnthony Melton role, right? Who's going to hit some threes, but also do a little bit of everything to kind of make up for the lack of having a guy like Melton and even Kyle Anderson. So I'm looking to see how John Conchar fits. And I think that when they took off a little bit in that second quarter, when they started playing much better, John was actually on the court during that time because he's all around doing something. So when I look for somebody who's going to make up for a little bit of the rebounding we're losing with Jaron out, uh, for a little bit of the uh, playmaking, doing a little bit of something, whatever something is, uh, when now that Melton's gone, I'm looking at John Conchar. All right, what are you looking for? I think the two biggest things are things we already hit on, the LaRavia versus Roddy, seeing who's going to earn that last spot on the second unit. Um, the Aldama, if he's able to keep up and do what he's doing consistently. 
Um, I do. I did want to see Conchar, but I just I never really had many questions. He'd fit in that second unit really well and just keep the ball yeah. moving, do the little things like you were saying. So, um, yeah, it's fun to watch it, but I never really had too many questions around it. One of the biggest things I'm going to be looking for is Dylan Brooks, seeing mm. if he if he's made any growth on the playing within the flow of the offense. You know, he had a couple assists. Like you said, he only took seven shots, which I think is good. But is he going to keep the ball moving, really keep the ball moving, you know, in a way that keeps the tempo going, you know, not in a way where he doesn't have to force it and really think about it, right? Um, I think it shows he is trying to change up his game a little bit, but I'm not sure he's done it yet. So want to see that. Um, outside of that, man, it's honestly preseason. I just have fun watching the guys. I just have yeah. fun watching it. Uh, I think it's a time to just have fun and overreact to stuff and then try <laughs> and pick out real analysis. So that's the main thing I'm doing is seeing what can I possibly overreact to when we come here on the live stream every, every week. But the <laughs> one thing I will be looking for in particular, besides Laravia, Roddy, Aldama is DB. Is he making adjustments? Because this is not a time for him to screw around and get in rhythm. This is a time for him to push. Hey, I'm here for the team, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what it takes to win. So, yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Dylan Brooks is a very, very important spot uh, mm-hmm. because he's somewhat of a vet. He's been around for a while. I think he'll find his spot. I, I do think he's searching to find his role. I really do. Uh, because I think there had there had to have been conversations about his role moving forward because he obviously left the uh, end of the year meeting. He hadn't said a whole lot, uh, even when, during the interviews, he hadn't said a lot. So I'm curious of what that's going to happen. But um, I, I'm I'm looking to see how Santi uh, answers. Right? It, it, are they still going to start him? I believe they will start him. I believe that you probably see the same starters. But do we see less of LaRavia, more of Roddy this next game? Does Xavier Tillman step on the court? Like, I don't, I don't know what might happen. I, maybe they, they move off, you know, Brandon Clark and let Xavier Tillman roll, run in that yeah. role for a little bit to see what happens because, you know, you'll obviously get some time to let other, other players play. But I think once Ja gets kind of going this next game, this could be Ja's main last game he plays. I think he yeah. will play another quarter. I think I think you still get a little bit of John Morant. And at that point, you're talking about game four and game five. I think you can actually get uh these other guys a lot more time and a lot more um a lot more minutes run. Um <laughs> Black season, uh Black Lives Matter said I feel like half of Grizz Nation is <laughs> waiting for Santi to be bad so they can say uh they're gonna play on the team again. Yeah. That's what I was uh, laughing at too. I gotta figure yeah. out how to get in this chat, man. I, I've been trying to figure out how I can actually chat back, and I've got no idea. I'm technologically unsavvy to say the least. I just clicked the button and I can send a <laughs> chat back. I don't know. Um, there's probably ways. Just go on YouTube. I don't know where he's. Yeah, he's on YouTube watching. Um, but yeah, that's something. If you're if you're missing out on the chat, uh, Black Lives Matter. Thank you so much. Uh, we gotta we gotta meet you definitely in person if you're here in Memphis at some point at a game. Uh, I'll be at opening night for sure. Uh, we'll have to meet up, say hello, and say thank you for kind of hanging out with us. Uh, but um, I, I'm I'm curious about Santi, how he does it, and all the other guys, and how they rotate. Uh, but one thing on defense, I'm looking for, and I don't know if uh, people have noticed this or not. Um, what we call a three-two defense is when you have three guys at the very top when they're 
in an umbrella type shape uh, from the top of the key where the three point top of the three point line is and, and kind of branch out like an umbrella. And then you have two people on the bottom, which is one foot outside of the actual lane. So around the bottom block is what a uh, three, two defense is three at the top, two at the bottom. The Grizzlies were in that formation a lot of the night. What that's called usually is a matchup zone. What that allows you to do is when you have a guy in your area, you're matched up against him, no matter who it is. Usually when you come down the court, you just stay on your guy. And then once the road, once the motion starts happening, if Brandon Clark's at the top of the key in the middle and Jaws over here and somebody goes to pick, you just switch. You're guarding that zone while guarding that man. So it's, you know, so you're zoned up while you're playing man as well. Uh, they did that majority of the time because that allowed somebody big to be at the top, slide down to help the middle. That's what Clark did a lot is he slid down into the paint uh, to kind of help adjust shots when people got to the, the front of the rim. Uh, but that's something to watch is I think that they are starting to run a similar defense to the three, two defense. And I'm not sure if it was just, by chance they did that the whole night or if that legit is a type of switching defense they're going to run i'm not nearly as locked into preseason as you are that's what i'm figuring out (laughs) like i said 5 a.m i was watching and i got my notes i'm like they're in a 3-2 they they're still in a 3-2 why are we in a 3-2 defense i had Uh, the grizzlies on the tv i had Monday night football on the computer or uh, my phone and I was doing emails over to the side slash maybe some editing. I, I'm just not nearly that locked in. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Agreed. All right. all right. That's all we got. Uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. Anything else that you have or anything you're looking forward to uh, for the next game, which is against the heat. It's another home game. It's Friday night, the seventh at seven o'clock. It will be on NBA TV. I would imagine we still have it on the Bally Sports. I, I, it's always disappointing when we don't. We did. We had our guys back. Uh, Pete Brevin, always amazing. Uh, the Ram the Jam. The Ram Slam, right? Ram, Ram Slam. Slam. Whatever oh, it was. Uh, Beautiful. Right. Anything else you have? Nah. John Morant got a him tattoo on his hand. He's going to prove it this year. Yeah. Excited for basketball, man. Just glad to have it back. Yeah, I have so much to talk about uh, just by watching that game. And a lot of the midweek show is probably going to be just reacting. And it could be a lot of everything just reacting. Uh, But if you have a chance, hop on the chat. You know, we go every Wednesday or Thursday at 11, depending on our schedule. We lead right up into uh, the Grind City Media, the Chris Vernon show. Uh, And so make sure you're here. Uh, Me and Ryan have also started going live. Why not? You know, if we're going to record anyway. Uh, we usually record late Sunday night. So if you're a late night owl and you're watching pre, uh, you're watching football um, and it's a terrible game, which it has been, uh, then you just just listen to us a little bit while the, the game's <laughs> happening because I watch the game as well. I have it on my TV. I watch it while Ryan's talking about whatever and forever. conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> as he's going on his 10-minute rant, I've watched, I've watched almost a quarter of football. Uh, and then I try to remember what in the world he just said. Uh, but no, uh, just thank you for hanging out with us. And thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, opening night is coming up very soon. 
Next week, also, I forgot to say this, we'll have Nate's Neat Nuggets back. We're going to have some betting nuggets because I'm heading to Iowa where I can feed my addiction. So that'll be back. Um, I forgot to mention that. Also, keep checking out Grizzly. Guys are putting out a ton of articles. I know a lot of people are still checking in and reading them. Basketball ramping up, but we got a lot of good stuff coming out. Should have another one out today as long as I can get the, the photo edited. Again, technologically unsavvy. So keep checking all that out. Grizz lead is leading by example. Uh, we are, I think, the top five, <laughs> top five on uh, most uh, clicked on articles right now. All yep. Grizz lead articles, none I featured. You, I, yeah, none, uh, none featured. We're, that's a, that's a bit of a sore wound. I've got Eric. plenty of that going on right now. But uh, I know you thought you were clever. Grizz lead leading by example. <laughs> This is why we're uh, never going to make any money, man. Never, never. <laughs> all right. That's all we have. Um, oh, I forgot our sponsor. Uh, make sure you go. If you don't have insurance, if you need insurance, if you want better insurance, if you need somebody you can trust, the guy I trust, Zach Jaworski State Farm. I almost missed out on our entire 60 second blurb. I'd have had to put something in. Into the Someone podcast. actually does pay us. We blow it. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason I thought about it is when you talked about we're never getting paid, I was like, wait, we are getting paid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go check out Jack, uh, Zach Jaworski State Farm. Uh, they have two offices, one in Carrierville and one in East Memphis. Uh, but the team is awesome. Uh, I trust them. And so you can too. Uh, so if you feel like you need just kind of, you know, any kind of an update or maybe you haven't checked your insurance in forever and you just keep paying it because it's auto draft. Maybe you need to check out exactly how much you're paying uh, and give Zach a call over there. Tell him uh, the Grizz 901 team sent you. But uh, call Zach Jaworski State Farm, 901-459-4227. You can check them out on the web at ZachInsuresMemphis.com. And that's Z-A-C-H, InsuresMemphis.com. That's all we got. If you got nothing, I got nothing. Let's have a great rest of the week. Be nice and tell your friends.